on today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition. In the fallout of MoviePass, will other studios and theaters splinter off into their own loyalty programs? What damage has been done to early adopters and investors? And Amazon, where are you going to cram Alexa next? Let's start off by jumping right back in and backtracking into MoviePass. Now, that is something I never particularly invested in. It was gifted to me as like a secondhand thing back in the day, and I never got around the chance to use it. So I want to go ahead and farm it out. If anyone in the chat or out on Twitter or Periscope or wherever the hell you're watching this show, if anyone out there actually has an experience with it, what your experience was, from my understanding from the user point, it was good if you could justify actually going to the movies that many times. Me, myself, I probably get to the movies three, four times a year tops. Um, but so you're losing money I if would you're be, using yeah, it. They were betting on people like you. Um, but they like for they were not counting on people that just kept going like every other day because that's which what doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Of course, people would use it that way. Yeah, because that's yeah. what that's what like my friends were doing. And I remember the first time I heard about it, it sounded like it was illegal or something <laughs> like that. It sounded like it, it felt like when I heard it, I was like, "Is this like my dad giving me like a beer to drink when I'm like 15 or something? Like, should I tell people about this? Yeah, uh, should I call the cops? <laughs> yeah, because I was like. How does that work? Are they? Are, is this like a pirating thing? Is this like a so? Sca- one one of the other elements is is that I don't believe that they were working directly with the movie theaters, no. <laughs> which means that MoviePass, even though they were probably buying a lot of tickets in bulk or wholesale, whatever, they weren't getting any sort of deal on it because a lot of the movie theater chains were, I think, against it, or they were trying to like add more controls onto mm-hmm. it, so that cost them even more money. Yeah, it would become like around the time that, and people that had movie passes, I remember, I think BuzzFeed News did a big story on this where it was like the life of somebody who just continually goes into like a movie theater and like messes it all up for theater employees. I think it's going to be like a dead period and now it's like filled with people Mm -hmm. Um, and like cleaning is like much more of a pain, all that stuff. Um, Yeah, there's definitely like side effects to like when tech thinks like, oh, we're just going to come in and like change everything and we're gonna like, make things better yeah. we're gonna disrupt stuff we're gonna go bankrupt oh well, yeah in this case it did not work well timothy wants to know if the investors of MoviePass are actually going to get their money back somehow do we have any background information on that i think they're they're doing what's called they're they're looking for strategic alternatives at this point which is basically they're trying to find some way to squeeze some money out of I don't know, the brand or the assets, whatever it is that they have. I don't really know what the assets are. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple app with a very simple structure. So they're they're trying to figure it out. And the way that things go these days, hardly anything ever dies. So it is possible that the brand will live again in mm-hmm. some other form. But I think it's been proven pretty clearly that the business model, at, at least as it started, and then even afterward when they jacked up the prices, really did not work and it wasn't working very well at all so yeah, yeah i also don't know enough about stonks to say this but like can you get your money back as an investor i always thought it was like well tough luck you bet on a dead horse uh yes you are right so with when it comes to stocks like uh the the like actual investors mm-hmm. in the stock are like generally the last people well to, what if to it's make something money? like movie pass where like they don't it's not a stock like oh, should, it is yeah. a stock. Oh, They're owned by a they? publicly traded oh, okay. company I called know that. Helios. Okay, well, Helios, and I hope nobody, nobody watching, had actually invested in Helios. Uh, because I don't think they're worth that much anymore. Um, but yeah, 
It's it's usually if you lend a company money, you tend to get the money back faster than the investors, the like the owners. Mm. The owners are the last people to make any money back if a company goes belly up. What do we think about competitors? Is this going to open the floodgates? Michael Brown cites that he uses AMC's A-List, which is a direct competitor to MoviePass. Totally worth it if you go to the movies all the time. I loved it, 20 bucks a month, uh, and the first three movies um, are free a week. What's that? 20 for three, oh, three free movies a week. Um, do we think we're going to see more fractioning, like how we've kind of seen the a la carte TV go? You know, we started off with Netflix and then Hulu, and now everybody and their brothers got their own streaming platform. We're going to see that kind of happen in the ashes of uh, a movie pass. Um, I don't think so. I think the movie industry, or at least the theater industry, is kind of whack. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why, like, the top, like, movies are, like, either sequels or remakes or Disney's, like, mega millions. Uh, it just, it's, no one likes going to movie theaters. They suck. And I guess they, like, this is why movie pass was so popular because they're like, you paid so little to get mm-hmm. all this out of it. But yeah, like I don't, I hate going to the movie theaters and like a lot of movies suck. Uh, and if they're good enough, I'll catch it on a streaming service later. It's like, why take time out of my day to go sit in a dark theater and do all that stuff? I mean, like there's theaters that are trying to get around that, like Alamo Draft House, where they're like, oh, we make this whole experience where you can eat like this cool burger and have a beer while you watch a movie. But just go to a restaurant. It's not really going to save it. It's just, yo, movie theaters are whack. And I'm sorry if you go to movie theaters a lot and like have some of these plans like our Michael Brown does, but it's just, I don't. Well, you don't have to apologize. <laughs> That's just your personal feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't like skydiving. So, you know, I'm not going to make people. Sky pass. Sky pass. <laughs> you go sky um, I think I think the AMC one that Michael mentioned is is the only one that I know off off the top of my head because in general movie theaters were perfectly fine with their existing business model. I think they were a little no, they've nervous been struggling for a, little, for a while. Like, they have been, yeah. but I, I think they were a little uncomfortable with the idea of Movie Pass. But it didn't really cause a lot of them to mm-hmm. move in that direction because they're just trying to like hold on to the market that they currently yeah, have. Yeah, but this like point. movie theaters have been consistently struggling struggling yes, for like yes, years because of people like you. Yeah. That aren't that young into the people <laughs> yes exactly i mean i go to the movies sometimes with my kids when it's like a big to do like there's a like new yeah, kids that's movie the thing. out there yeah and that's basically it feels it. like such an effort to go to the <laughs> right. movie theater and it sucks it's not fun Hmm? Well, see, I, I don't know if I'm completely on board with the Alfred, but I like the way Ben phrased it. It's a sometimes thing when it's a big to do. You know, if you did go to it all the time, it'd take kind of the magic out of it. I don't mind going to the movies and spending too much on popcorn and soda pop, you know, two, three, four times a year when it's something where I'm really looking forward to the Avengers and I'm going to go in there with all kinds of anticipation and I'm going there with friends. It's a social experience. Um, they put the arcades out front. That's a bonus. They've started to, as you mentioned, enhance the experience from the Alamo Drafthouse type situation, which, mm, choice, love that. Uh, but also 4DX theaters, RPX experiences, IMAX uh, bringing up their game, 3D movies again. All of them, you could argue, not exactly landing, but they're trying. And I think that's an important part to keep in mind where it is supposed to be an experience, but if it becomes part of your day-to-day, what's more special about it than just watching TV? Uh, sure. That, Which that's also sucks, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Especially broadcast. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and shift over and take this question. Uh, do you think that smart devices will have an onboard NFC chip where you tap your phone 
uh, to it to set up routines, such as tap it when you're leaving the house or turning off Wi-Fi, lights, etc. I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. I think we've kind of already skipped over that and done more with voice commands, have we not? Correct. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you want to do routines, you can just set them up on the app and then just say, tell the voice assistant when you're leaving the house to set up different things. So I think... It, the NFC is an idea, but it would necessitate like going up to the device itself. And I think that a lot of times they, they created all these far field microphones and all these different elements so that you can just do it from across the room. So yeah, I, think I, I wouldn't the idea see that. Was, I, unless you're talking about like setting up like a completely brand new device where like you don't want to like type all your settings into it, you can just like scan your phone onto it. And then it's like, oh, yeah, this is person he likes waking up at like 4 p.m. I don't know. I the other thing too is is like adding NFC into a device. Um, you're just adding more product into it, and therefore it's probably going to like increase the total cost of making it. I don't Isn't think NFC that, pretty standard though. It's in a not. Lot of it's not oh, that expensive, it, yeah. but the way that they price these things, I think they're trying to find ways to like yeah. just cut down the price. I mean, as I can much see them possible. doing that for like a payment option as well. Like if I want to order like a pizza or something, and I don't want to give it my number, I can just like tap my card on. Okay, it. Yeah. that actually makes a lot of sense because as far as like payments or privacy stuff. Um, maybe there would be a good reason to like put in your pen or yeah. tap your phone or whatever so that you're not saying it out loud yeah. because that's why like a lot of <laughs> there's been this push in the market to do like more banking or like medical advice a lot of different like bigger lift things with voice assistants and they're not really taking off like people just listen to the to music they um, you know like they they ask what time it is they check the weather stuff like that they don't really want to like talk about <laughs> hey you know, siri my social security number is <laughs> right exactly so uh, and and that's something that's been talked about for at least the past like year or two and it really like folks aren't that excited about it they'd rather just pull out their phone and do it in yeah. a more private way so is nfc gonna fix that i don't know so, uh, from my perspective, I'm not really all that versed in NFC usage. I know it exists on my phone. I just don't engage with it that much. Is it could could you, is it debatably safer than other alternatives for in, I don't know engagement interaction with smart devices? What's the security like on that? NFC is basically it's a lot like Bluetooth. It's just another form of it's NFC is near field communication. Mm -hmm. So you you know Apple Pay uses it, Google Pay uses it. That's that's how you actually set up payments for you know any of those tap to pay systems. Uh, specifically with digital, uh, is it is it safer or better? I would probably say that it's clearly safer or better than saying private information out loud, uh, even if it's in your house. Mm -hmm. But is that something that people want or are interested in? Again, going back, like folks are not doing a lot of their banking on their voice assistants. Yeah, and I, as far as like the hardware security of it, I mean, multiple like major banking institutions like are perfectly fine with NFC security. I haven't looked at the encryption on it, but it's fine enough that there's no like glaring red flags that I hear about every day. Yeah, it's it's used a lot. All right, pivoting back over into MoviePass before we get into the Amazon discussion because we got a lot of really great Amazon chatter going on here. Uh, do you? This is a great question. I love this. Do you see Netflix working with movie theaters, uh, whereby people watch new originals exclusively in the theaters for the experience and the social engagement? Also, that puts them in the running for major awards. I know they've done that a couple of times now. Didn't they do that with like? Bright and I can't remember what else, but Roma was also Amazon did it yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, Amazon had the big sick. They only do that to be qualified for awards. I don't think they 
care they at do all it as about little as possible. movie theaters. Yeah, yeah, if they really wanted that whole experience, they would have put these like pretty damn good movies in theaters for longer, but it costs them money to do that, and they don't really want that. They kind of just want to be like eligible for an Oscar. Right, or so, an Emmy, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so is that going to happen more often? Probably not. I feel like especially, I, I wish Joan were here to talk more about this, but I feel like Netflix especially has a pretty negative reputation or negative relationship with the theater companies. Yeah. You know, just because their business models are entirely different. Yeah. You know. Whatever happened to the Alexa-enabled microwave? Does it make any waves lately? You see what he did there? Oh, my God. I, I, that was it a exists. bad caliber joke, by the way. It, it, it exists. I'm pretty sure they're already selling it, and um, I guess it's doing fine. I'm assuming it's doing fine because Amazon has a ton of data on what sells on its website. So uh, I certainly don't have one, but the way that they priced it, they made it very interesting for you know dorm rooms or you know like small apartments that kind of thing. What other devices would we like to see Lady A integrated into? Alan wants a bedside lamp. Well, you just we already home. have that. Yeah, we already have. <laughs> we have like multiple bedside lamps. One of the problems that I have with like the event coming up is, is that they already have so many products out there and they already did this huge like throw spaghetti at the wall event last year that what exactly are they going to do that's really all that different? Um, I don't know. Like it's possible that they ran out of ideas already, but are there any rumors at all floating around Ben before we get to the 25th here? So the rumors are like the most interesting one is the Alexa robot Uh, that came from uh, Mark Gurman at Bloomberg, who's, you know, generally very credible. He does a lot of Apple scoops. So when he wrote about it, people definitely paid attention. The thing is, is that it's still pretty vague. Like what exactly is an Alexa robot? Is it humanoid? Is it just a Roomba? We don't know. Uh, The other one is, is that there's supposed to be a premium tier um, echo speaker. That's obviously been something that they've been lacking for several years on their product line. So we're expecting that might actually come out this year. And then also going back with the wearable uh, financial times uh, last year, I think wrote that Amazon was toying around with uh, smart glasses that included lady a, is that where we're going with Yes. Uh, in, in, in them. But you know, is that something that the market is really interested in? I, I really, I find myself very skeptical about that. You know, you've already got uh, the Snapchat spectacles out that, haven't really done particularly well. Google Glass was also like pretty bad. So um, are people going to jump all over themselves to get a voice assistant powered pair of glasses? I don't know. What if they start replacing other third party smart devices in your home, like the iRobot or Roomba vacuums? I mean, they've done that. That's That's like kind of their MO. They like see what's popular in the ecosystem and then they just start making their own version of it. Like Apple. Um, basically even more so hardware yeah yeah so you know like the most obvious example is nucleus that was this you know fun little startup that created the echo show which is an amazon echo with uh touch screen enabled on it they created it before amazon actually did amazon even invested in the company and then they came out with a rival product and basically killed the startup so um and amazon does that a lot they created products that go directly against tp link they did that last year yeah i mean that's what didn't they just announce their own like smart tv also 
they like they're making yeah, their but own they TV. team up. No, no, no. They don't. They don't create their own smart okay. TVs. They team up with TV makers. So okay. that hasn't happened yet. But in general, a lot of the smaller players in the market have had to compete against the fact that like Amazon will eventually make a product that's very similar to yours uh, if it gets a certain amount of traction. So yeah, definitely looking forward to the everyday charger show from uh, Amazon. Right, <laughs> the live show <laughs> where they only talk about Amazon. That's how products. we know we will have made it. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, all that until Amazon ev- eventually just replaces you. Uh, Brian with an IM says, I just tried Focus by North Smart Glasses. That had Lady A in them, and that's a big no. Uh, here's another good question from Tim. He says, how about an ad hoc version uh, where you can play Jeopardy on the go? Do we see more ad hoc third-party development? Uh, I know Google opened things up for development, uh, but what about Amazon? Yeah, there are a ton of voice apps. They, they call them skills, but they're basically voice apps, and they have tens of thousands of them. Well, and I, I think mean, they right, already have Jeopardy and a lot of other hardware. Uh, there's a ton, also a ton of Alexa-enabled hardware. There's there's just like I remember at CES this past year, they had like an like an enabled keyboard, sprinkler system, motorcycle helmet. They put them in all sorts of stuff these days. They're basically like Amazon opened the floodgates a couple years ago and were like, look, if we can dominate the marketplace by having as many partners as possible, by just basically sprinkling our Mm -hmm. voice assistant and everything, we'll hit everybody early and be able to just kind of take over. And that's been pretty successful. Google's trying to catch up with them still. But yeah, Apple tends not to do that. They're a little bit more methodical. Yeah, because well why? Like, like I understand market dominance, but like, am I really going to prefer to buy a motorcycle helmet because I can talk to a voice assistant on it? There's just there's so many things that I'm like, this does not need a voice assistant. Right. Like, I, I I agree with you, and it's it's just kind of gotten a little overboard lately. But um, I feel it, like everyone thinks that it's going to be like some sort of like Iron Man Jarvis communications. He's like, yo, check it out, like my gloves, like I, I can talk to them. But what are you really doing with that? Uh, I don't know. In my family, I'm actually personally ready to like unplug all of my Echo speakers because my kids now talk to them. I have three kids and they're all little and they talk to them constantly in, and it's gotten to the point where it's driving my wife and I crazy. So uh, it was definitely yeah, I hate useful. It when my kids talk. No, it's just like they, <laughs> they just like constantly are like barking at the voice assistants and we have them like in a lot of places in our house. So um, it's it was brought in as a convenience to make things a little bit easier, but instead, like so, as a for instance, like you can tell your kid not to watch television, but if you have an Echo Show in your house, they could just turn it on very easily themselves and just start watching it in the kitchen. So we had one of those, and we also had like an Echo Spot that was at like it was it was low enough that my three year olds could use it. So like one of my kids would just start watching Timu Mizumi um, just because he could. So. Eventually, I got rid of it. I was yeah, just like, "Stop watching on getting stuff. owned by children." Yeah, I know, right? I mean, like it happened pretty early, but I expect it to happen more often. I mean, we've definitely hit that point where it is integrated into probably, arguably, too many things. It's definitely a case of throw whatever you can at the wall, see what sticks. It's probably a little premature, but I think eventually it's going to level off. Like the honeymoon period is vastly, is very rapidly 
petering out and we'll just kind of see where it's most best integrated um and it's probably going to remain in your pocket and maybe one or two devices floating around the house well likely the honeymoon period system so so going back to the honeymoon period that's that's a good point and you know that's why i referenced what alfred was talking about specifically with you know privacy stuff so you wrote about how um they just persistently will hold on to transcripts uh, for an extended amount of time, people are just starting to become much more aware of what goes on with these voice assistants and um, what is done with the data. And is that slowing down sales? No, not really, not quite yet. But I, I, at least people are a little bit more aware in the marketplace as far as what's going on. So that's actually kind of a perfect segue into one of the last couple of questions here. From Ryan, does deleting your search or voice history mess with how the assistant works with you? Yeah. It actually does. I've done this with my Google Home. Same here. Um, where it, it like won't recognize your voice as well. Um, it'll like start saying you're saying like one thing as instead of another because it like it learns to recognize your voice and your speech patterns, which sounds very creepy. But like when you delete it all, it's like I have no idea who this person is. Are you asking me to play like this? Like who's who's like where do you want me to play this music on? Like. Uh, what account do you want me to play this off of? So when you when you do that, um, it that's kind of what they want though. They want to make it harder for you. Like, they warn you. Yeah. Like I remember. So I've done that with my uh, Echo speakers at least two or three times, and they warn you ahead of time. They were like, "This is going to degrade. This has yeah. the potential to degrade your service," mm-hmm. and it absolutely did. So this this falls into this whole idea and like this this idea of like uh, or at least illusion of like consent where it's like oh you have complete control and consent over like what happens with your data but just so you know if you do this like it's not really going to work so it's it's like is it really consent or privacy or control if you know they take away like so much like just for me to want my privacy on that kind of thing huh? that's a that's a very good point and before we call it a day uh, let's do an upgrade or an update on the comparison between Lady A and Google Assistant. Which one is more capable these days? Uh, that's Google probably Home. a bit of a subjective take on this one. No, no, no. But at no it's not, not subjective it's at not all. Subjective. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a second part. Which one is more <laughs> popular as well? Oh, we have the answers yeah, to both Yeah, neither of, of these are subjective questions. It's like the Home Assistant is much more capable than Alexa ever is. Like, Alexa is not that smart uh, compared to the Home Assistant. There have been um, multiple third-party studies that we've reported on several times that have shown how the Google Assistant, partly because Google is just so good at search. Yeah, and um, their AI it's, it, is they're, like they're well a ahead. force, yeah. So, I, it's going to take a while for Alexa to catch up to it. Right, exactly. So, and going going to that point, Amazon did have the benefit of being the first mover in this space. So, the install base in the United States is about 70% Amazon, about 25% Google, and 5% HomePod at this point. So, it's going to take Google a long time to catch up because we're talking about a total install base, yeah. not sales on any particular year or quarter. So that means that there are millions of customers out there that are like me. They already have Lady A uh, just integrated into yeah. a lot of different components of their house. And you know, you switch to Google Home. Yeah, it's not that hard to switch. It's not that hard, but a lot of people don't do it. And if they already have like that as the default, they kind of tend to stick with it, which is, I think, that was a big benefit for Amazon, and that was kind of their intention. My last poll to the audience before we wrap it up for the day is how many of your uh, Lady A smart devices were offended 
when Alfred said she wasn't that smart. Go ahead and sound off in the comments below or tweet at us at The Daily Charge. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. And Ben. All right, let's do this thing. Thanks for all your questions. Keep sounding off here or in the comments or on Twitter. While you're at it, go ahead and throw us a like or ring the bell so you can catch us live weekday mornings at 11.15 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, sorry. <laughs> I always mess this up. Uh, don't forget, you can also subscribe to the audio podcast on virtually every platform available where you can find both the shorter Need to Know show as well as the extended Supercharged Edition uh, if you just can't get enough off the Daily Charge. Uh, we've also got the links below in the description for the Daily Charge. I'm Ben Fox Rubin. I'm Alfred Ng. Thanks for joining us.